can uh, sing his praises. We can open up the word of God and share some time in that. And then we can come to the communion table and we can share in the Lord's Supper together. And, uh, you know, I don't, we don't talk about it a lot, but as Baptists, we have two sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. These are two holy things that we believe are ordained by Jesus Christ himself for us to observe. We're not filled with multiple hundreds of sacraments, but we have two. And we believe that when a, a believer puts his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he should follow in believer's baptism. We also believe in uh, religiously observing the Lord's Supper. And so I'm glad that we're going to be able to do that tonight and with the fellowship of our Christian brothers and sisters gather around and remember and give thanks for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for us. So we're looking forward to doing that tonight. I've got just one uh, prayer card here in front of me. I didn't see any others. Uh, if I missed them, I'm really sorry, but we will try to make sure that we add them to the prayer list as well. Uh, this one is for Maurice Miller. Uh, Maurice is in Lancaster General uh, with fluid on his lungs and in his legs, and that's from Rebecca Miller. So let's be praying for Maurice Miller, lifting him up in prayer. All right, we're going to open up this evening and go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, I'm going to ask TJ, if he would, to stand right where he is and open us up in prayer.
song and crown him Lord of all. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Make sure that you get your bulletin and you check all those things out there. Make sure you find your place for all of the events that are coming up, lots of them. Make sure that uh, Christmas poinsettias, if you want one of those, you can see Ida Mae Main uh, so we can decorate the church. And uh, just make sure, that, like I said, you get your bulletin and get all that done. All right, we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday evening tithes and offerings. And you know what? All right. Look at that. Okay. There's a lot of them. Okay. Come around, guys. And we'll, I'll read these so that we, we get these. Let's remember Gary Atwood. Uh, he needs a heart valve replaced. That's from Betty Blevins. So let's please remember Gary Atwood in prayer. Let's remember Curtis Perry seeing a lung specialist. Spots on his lung. Uh, and he will be there on Tuesday, November the 22nd. That's from Minnie Perry. Let's remember him. Let's remember uh, Mel Melody's neighbor, Pat. This is from Melody Lesjar. Uh, Pat's husband passed away yesterday. She is afraid to be alone and has many health concerns. So let's be praying for them. Prison ministry that will be able to return to the prison within a month or so. Please pray that that happens soon. Then be with, uh, let's pray for Frank Went, uh, an older man in Florida with a heart problem. And that's from Parks Williams. And then let's remember Belinda Johnson, Bobby Davis, uh, and, uh, or excuse me, let me get this right, Ellen Duggar, Bobby Davis, and uh, Johnson Gibson, and Debbie Monk. Belinda is, has heart aneurysm and COPD, Bobby uh, head aneurysm, Debbie and, El, uh, and Ellen, uh, they both lost their husband, and then uh, Davis Gibson COPD, and that's from James and Hazel South. So let's remember these prayer requests. We'll make sure that we add them as well uh, and get them on the list as well. All right, Billy, would you play, pray over the offering, please? There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us our showers we plead there shall be showers of blessing precious reviving again over the hills and the valleys sound of abundance of rain showers of blessing showers 
blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Last verse, choir, come on up in this last verse. There shall be showers of blessing, oh, that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing, now as on Jesus we call. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Amen. You may be seated.
was lost in my sin and shame No one but myself to blame My soul was headed for hell But Jesus, he passed by my way Saved me that very day So I'll lift my voice and I'll say Jesus is wonderful Yes, he is wonderful Jesus is wonderful looking for the words. Oh, he found them. All right. Because I need them. But boy, I'm thankful for uh, just been getting ready for Thanksgiving, thinking about how good the Lord's been to us. And this is a great song. It does. We have been blessed. Amen. And just take a moment and stand around and look at what God's put in your life and what he's done for you. We're going to preach about it in just a minute. And Daryl's usually on the right page, so I'm not going to steal my sermon right yet, but we'll just go ahead and sing the song. I stand here and think about just what he's done Start counting my blessings one by one I sure don't deserve all that he's done for me but I'll praise Him forever 
Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter number 1. And we just finished in the book of Romans, but yet here at Thanksgiving, I wanted to preach again from Romans. And it's a verse that I go to often at, uh, at Thanksgiving. I've preached about it many different times. Uh, but again, the Lord was uh, dealing with my heart about it. And on Wednesday, I was preaching chapel over at uh, Tri-State Christian Academy. I get the opportunity quite a few uh, Wednesdays uh, each, each month to preach over there, and I'm thankful for that. 
but we stopped and came back to Thanksgiving and dealing with that. And I want to use a verse of scripture, like I said, that I've used many times, but also the Lord was dealing with my heart a little bit afresh from it. So Romans chapter 1 and verse number 21. If you found that passage of scripture with me this evening, why don't you stand with me? We will read the scripture and then ask the Lord to help us and then preach what God put on our hearts this evening. He says there, Paul does, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to open up your word. It never ceases to amaze us in how good and how effective it is in our daily life. Pray that this, this evening, dear God, as we use your word, that it would speak to the believer in here. Dear Lord, we, we need to be thankful. We need to have gratitude in our hearts towards Jesus Christ, towards God the Father, towards working of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight I pray that as we look at this scripture that we would say, God, uh, you, you let us ask ourselves, are we thankful? God, help us to be honest with ourselves about that. Are we grateful? Are we thankful for the blessings that you have put in our life? Uh, and help us, dear God, to create that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to say as a little bit of an introduction to this passage of Scripture and to what we're looking at, that unlike sometimes when we come to a passage of Scripture, I think that we have to think about the way that it's coming. You, got, you remember, uh, and we just studied through this whole book, and Romans 1 might have been a far time away, but you remember that Paul is establishing the guilt of every man before God and in front of God. And as he establishes that guilt of every man before God, he also gives us a description of what the world looks like for those that turn their back on God, for those that, that turn away from the teachings of God. And he, and he goes right from the very beginning. Those that turn away and will not consider creation right from the beginning. And boy, I think that's important because we can, we can quit even on creation and be like, well, you know, that's not that important. It's the starting point for everything. And Paul points that out. So if they don't do that, uh, then here's where they go. They turn their back on God. They don't believe he created the world. And in turn, that means that they don't believe that he created them. And that is where the real problem comes with people is when they don't believe that God created them. And so he starts to describe this. This is what they look like. This is how this guilt comes along. And he does that in verse 21. That is what he is doing. He is describing someone. And as a matter of fact, if you're reading out of a, a good old Schofield Bible, he's going to put it in there in that context there. The seven stages of Gentile world apostasy. 
how that they have turned their back on God, and these are going to be the stages of it. Now, we're not going to talk about all of those. We're going to look at a little bit different. But what he starts to point out is, is because when they knew not God, they glorified him not as God, and neither were they thankful. And he throws out that word there that I've preached about all the time. And he says they weren't even thankful. Now, here's the thing. Thankfulness is not necessarily the problem in this passage of Scripture. Thankfulness is the symptom of all of the problems they were going through. They were ungrateful. Why? Because, and we're going to look at this in just a moment, because of the things that are in there. And I, the reason I want to point this out to you is because I think that sometimes there's certain things that we go, I'm going to create this in my life and it's going to fix me. I'm going to be more grateful. I'm going to be more thankful. I'm going to try to show thanks to the people around me. And, you know, don't judge me for saying this. It's just coming to my mind. So what do we do? We'll make a social media post about being thankful for something. If you've just done that lately, I'm not pointing that at you, okay? It's just that you know how we are. I'm going to create some. I'm going to make this happen in my life. And what can I do to be more thankful? Well, thankfulness is not the problem itself. The, the problem lies with deeper issues. For existence, from the Word of God. You might say, as we learn in 1 John, he says, if we don't love our brother, the love of the Father is not in us. Right? The problem's not that you need to get better at loving your brother. You need to find out whether or not you got the love of the Father in you to begin with. Because you're going to get real frustrated trying to figure out how to love your brother and sister who, you, who are really not even your brother and sister in Christ. You're going to get real frustrated with that really quick if the love of the Father is not in you. Because you're dealing with the symptom, not the root cause to the problem. We understand that, don't we? And here in this passage of Scripture, we have a very similar situation. Are you an, an ungrateful person? Do you find yourself just kind of being uh, uh, nonchalant about things in your life that really are kind of a big deal? Things like the blessings of God to, to have a family, to have food on your table, to the things that we talk about often and we nonchalantly and, and we dismiss them. And, but maybe you're the type of person that you're just not really grateful for those things or ever even stop. The weight of them aren't real. Maybe there's people that have done a whole lot for you in your life, but gratefulness is just not something that you are. That's a problem. That's a problem. Now, here's the thing. The problem is not that you need to just, you know, read an article about seven ways to be more grateful. It's not that you need to sit down in your room uh, and go, okay, uh, how can I be more grateful? God, make this happen. Please, please, please. No. The Word of God is going to show us why that is not true in our life. And here's the thing. There is no better place to go to than the Word of God, okay? Right? 
I should have got a bigger amen. That was an easy one, right? There's no better place to go to than the word of God. Now, here's the thing. We come to a passage of scripture, and I'm going to harp just for a minute on preaching out of the Bible and using the Bible as our outline because there's going to be a lot of preaching today probably from pulpits and even throughout the week as it goes along that's going to take a verse of scripture like this and then they're going to leapfrog and talk about everything about being thankful but not address the fact of what is this Bible verse right here. These few Bible verses, what are they pointing out to you that is the problem of somebody who's ungrateful? And what do we need more than anything to know? What is the Bible saying about this? And the Bible has this unique way of pointing out things in our life and saying to us, hey, are you, are you not grateful? Is this something that you're struggling with? Have you noticed that in your life that other people around you seem to have, and, and this is, I know all of these cliches, I get it, and an attitude of gratitude and all of that stuff, but let's just face it. If someone is not thankful, it also shows up in their attitude, doesn't it? Right? Absolutely. You've, you've met those people, the entitled people, the people that think they deserve everything, that everything is owed to them. They are not grateful for anything. That is what's going on. Why are they like that? Well, guess what? The Word of God wants to speak to that very issue. And just three quick things outlined right from our passage of Scripture. There are things that you know, they things that you have dealt with before, but the Bible is saying, look at your life and look at what's going on and say, am I grateful? And if I'm not, is one of these an issue in my life? Is one of these an issue in my life? Number one, here we go. The first one is right there at the beginning. When they knew God... They glorified him not as God. When the knowledge of God was brought to them, when they were, when they for the first time maybe really became aware of who God was and what God was about, and not only that, but also the fact that just as it talks about here, that he's the creator of the world, that he is the creator of you, that he also, listen, as more and more knowledge is being brought to them about God, that God made a plan of salvation, that God delivered these things to us, when they knew that about God, they refused to glorify Him for it. They said, I don't want that. They start oftentimes by rejecting the gospel message itself. And I want to tell you, Someone who repeatedly rejects the gospel of Jesus Christ is an ungrateful person. If they do not understand, if they can't see to this, to the fact that God has demonstrated this kind of love, if they are not open to letting that move inside of their heart, they will be ungrateful. And he says it right there, neither were they thankful. They did not glorify him as God. The life that does not glorify him, that does not honor him, is one that is ungrateful towards him. I mean, that just flows right out of there so easily, doesn't it? That we would understand that right from the beginning. And I, the, the, only, the only other thing that I would want to 
let you remember from this passage of scripture is also to back up because he speaks about it in Romans chapter number one is that creation declares this right from the very beginning and in their rejection of Jesus Christ and and lately this has been on my heart to preach it when we get the opportunity that the denying of the creation of God of, to, of this world, of ourselves, of this universe is, is the complete just lack of gratitude to God and who He is. He has given us this world. He has given us the things that are in it. He has given us life. He has created us in His image. And you know what's so sad is veering away from that in the slightest bit is saying uh, it's not that big a deal that he did all of this. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's amazing in its plan and in its purpose. And I don't want to go too much on it. But so first one that we see is when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. What a dangerous place to be. What a dangerous place to be when we reject the very idea of God and who he is. Number two, right there in our scripture, Right after the semicolon that you'll find it thankful, it says, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Vain in their imaginations. What is he saying there? He's saying that they, for lack of a better word, they, it's just not their imaginations, but they are vain in what they do. They are full of pride. An unthankful person is full of pride. Mm, that's an easy one again to make the connection, isn't it? Why are they full of pride? I did this. I made this happen. Why would I need to thank God for all of the things that I worked for so hard in my life? What a terrible way for us to act towards a loving God. The God that has given us everything. We already looked at it this morning. He's the one that gives the increase every single time. It's not of us and it's not of anything that we've done. But they have become vain in their own imaginations. The things that they would bring together, they have decided that, you know what, I have done this and I am vain in their own reasoning. I've got this handled and I have this under control. That right from there, that is where, so here it is. You're already looking at them and I don't know why, but I feel like we ought to hit them again. Am I ungrateful? Do I really acknowledge God as who He is? Number two, am I proud? Am I proud? I know, that's the toughest one, isn't it? It's so hard. The other day I was with a couple of people in a meeting. I'm not going to say who they were, but some of them are in the room. And we were looking at some things and we were rating each other on, on, the, on, on pride. And it's like, or kind of self-confidence thing. And you don't really want to rate yourself. And what you really don't want to happen in that room is for somebody else to rate you on that thing, right? Like, well, how proud do you think they are? Oh, wait a minute, that wasn't real easy. And it's a tough thing to talk about and deal with because guess what? We're all really good at feigning humility, aren't we? Oh, no, it's okay and all of that. But down deep inside, we all think a whole lot of ourselves. And if we're not careful, we start to get the idea that all of the good things that are in our life that we have produced them. 
We think that we worked for this. We've created this. This is our family. We've held it together. We've made sure that it's been accomplished. But it is without the Lord, without God and what He's done, then there is no way that we would have any good thing. And before we get too proud and before we become ungrateful, it's time to stop and say, God, you have given us every blessing that we look at in front of us. It's so important that we look at that. And then number three, he said that they were full of pride. And then number three, he says, and they changed or professing themselves, let me just read it all, professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. What's that last one there? They made idols. They made idols. That one's really easy to understand, isn't it? They made idols. When we make an idol in our life, we start shifting gratitude and the proper perspective of who God is towards this inanimate object. That's a weird place to be in life, isn't it? As a matter of fact, he's already talked about it, professing themselves to be wise. They became as fools and they go around and carve things with their own hands that look like animals so that they can worship them. It sounds foolish, doesn't it? But it's also foolish to worship an idol that's a job or a car or whatever. You insert whatever idol you want. Kids sports, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Insert your idol there. And you plug in that idol and you start putting all of your direction and all of your focus and God starts to take a second place in your life and all of the sudden gratitude that should be going towards God. It's not that it's necessarily you're thanking this for all of that, but you're looking for it to provide something for you that it absolutely cannot provide. An idol made of wood and covered in gold cannot do what a holy God can do in your life. You can't do it. A new job, no matter how much you think it will, it cannot do for you what a holy God can do for you. And when we start shifting that away, we start to just become ungrateful. And isn't it true that we look around us and go, well, I didn't get that job, or I didn't get that thing. I didn't get to go this place. I didn't get to do that. And all of the sudden, because our idols are not satisfying us, now we're blaming God. It wasn't His fault to begin with. Why don't you put your faith and your trust back on the one who it deserves to be on? And see if not only does he give you the desires of your heart, you know what that means, don't you? That he places in you the right thing to want for, for the, in the, I messed that all up. It was started out so good too, didn't it? But he places inside of you the correct desires and he fills them. 
We go around with the wrong desires because our idols are saying what we want and all of our, and then we're completely ungrateful to God. Let us make God again the center of what we need. Now let me just say this as I close. I don't know about you, but I'm amazed at the word of God. I'm amazed that when I come to a passage and I deal with something so elementary as a grateful heart, that the word of God in Romans 1 would say, here's what I need you to do, okay? If you're struggling with an ungrateful heart, here's what I need you to do. Are you glorifying God the right way? Is there something, is there knowledge of God that's been given to you? And then that's so powerful. Is there knowledge of God that's been given to you that you are not glorifying him for? And think about the blessing that we have of the knowledge of God. Paul literally says that the mysteries of God have been revealed to you, that they've been all brought out to you so that you can know him, that the Holy Spirit could be known in your life, that you could have fullness. And he's saying, I am giving you a sign to know if you're not where you should be, if you're not glorifying him the right way, it's because you're not grateful. So if that's true then you need to look back and say, am I glorifying God? Number two, am I full of pride? Do I need to do some inward searching? Isn't it amazing what he's telling us here? Don't look for other things. Look at what he's saying right here. And then the other one is, is there an idol in my life? Preaching that we know about all the time. How many sermons have you heard about idols, right? But here's the thing. Here's what the idol is doing. It's creating an ungrateful heart. And you have been given by God a way to look at that and recognize it. Recognize it. And to go back and say, oh, Lord, bring back to me a grateful heart. Bring back to me a heart that just takes joy in you. That is so glad for everything that you've provided. Get that idol out of your life. And worship again the one and the true God. What an amazing book we have. Are you grateful as they come this evening prepare a hymn of invitation again it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving we're given an invitation tonight to encourage us to be more grateful to be more thankful for the goodness of God if you need to come tonight the altar is always open we encourage you to do that dear Heavenly Father thank you for the opportunity to look into your word tonight pray that you would use it. And if there's someone here that needs to respond to it, we pray that they would. In your holy and wonderful name we pray. Amen. As we How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son. To make a wretch his treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns his face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory.
God. 